Well, good morning. It is great to see all of you. And some of you won't know who I am. Um, Jeremiah and I were having a laugh because we talked before the service. And I said, oh, you know, do you want to introduce me? Should I just get up? And Jeremiah was oh, yeah, no, I'll introduce you. And he forgot. He didn't. But that's right. I, I can introduce myself. Um, so my name is Anna, and I'm a part of the team at Levita. So it is truly a privilege to be with all of you today. Uh, thank you for having me. I know you don't get a choice in who's up here on the stage. Um, um, but yeah, it really is nice to see all of you and yeah, lots of different faces, lots of people I don't know. So yeah, it's great to be here. And I want to start today by telling you a story about my daughter Isla. So Isla is three next month, uh, but this happened when she was one. We had just gotten out of a car park, so we asked Isla to hold someone's hand. By someone, I meant Jono, my husband, or myself. But Isla had another idea. She clasped her hands together like this, and she started to walk through the car park with complete innocence, thinking that this was the perfect solution. And, you know, fair enough, we did ask her to hold someone's hand. We didn't specify that it couldn't be her own. The story makes me smile, thinking of that little, independent one-year-old who had it all figured out. And it reminds me so much of us. How often do we like to march along, in control, independent, thinking that we have it all figured out? God is right there beside us. He is gently prompting us, asking us to hold his hand, to let him lead us and guide us. But so often, we like to be our own leader. We want to take matters into our own hands. We think we know best, so we want to set the path that we are going to walk. And this is all if you're anything like me, of course. But I think it is in our human nature to want to have control. And in fact, we can go all the way back to Genesis 3, the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. God had provided for them everything, everything they could ever want or need. They got to walk with God, talk with God, and know fullness of relationship with Him. He had given them everything Yet it still wasn't enough. They still took matters into their own hands. They disregarded what God had said, and they went in their own direction. And that didn't turn out too well for them or for us. So today, I want to talk about what it looks like to be led by God, to follow him and not ourselves. Because the reality is, we are all following something, aren't we? And it could be God. And I know that that is the cry of our hearts, to be lifelong, dedicated, wholehearted followers of Jesus. But other things can so easily creep in and try to take that top spot. Things like ourselves, like comfort, power, money, or influence. And these things are not necessarily terrible. Some of them might be, but not necessarily But they are not designed to hold our hearts captive. They are not designed to be our leader. But if we allow these things to take center stage, to be our number one priority, we might not realize it at first, but they actually become our new leader. So when we're making decisions, when we set our priorities, what we are following determines the path that we are on. Or another way of putting it, from Matthew 6 verse 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what we invest in, 
what we value, what we hold with esteem in our lives will be where our hearts are. So for example, if I desired comfort, I would chase after things that help me feel safe. I might invest more into friendships with people that don't challenge me because I know that I'm not gonna feel uncomfortable. I might not have the courage to step out in faith, even if God has placed a wide open door of opportunity in front of me to share my faith and talk about Jesus because I'm scared of how someone might react to me and how uncomfortable that might make me feel. But living as a follower of Jesus is not always comfortable, is not always convenient. In fact, I would say it's very uncomfortable and very inconvenient a lot of the time. Has anyone else experienced that? But it is in those moments especially that I am so thankful for God's leadership. I am so thankful that I can lean on Him and His wisdom and His experience rather than just relying on myself. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed some things that start to creep into my life when I am my own leader. They include, in no particular order, overconfidence, lack of confidence, pride, false humility, lack of awareness of God's voice, overlooking others' needs, self-centeredness, sin, earthly wisdom, self-reliance. What a list. It could probably go on. But see, God's leadership is not something to tolerate. God's leadership is not something that we reluctantly come under just because we know it's the right thing. God's leadership is something to desire. God's leadership is something to embrace. God's leadership lights our path and it leads us into wide open spaces that we could never experience if we remained our own leader because it shows us joy, it shows us freedom, it shows us a peace that we cannot find, I believe, if we are leading ourselves. Holding God's hand is not a punishment for running out into the car park. God's leadership is the single most undeserved, incredible privilege that we could experience, being led by him, knowing his voice leading us through. And as we're led by God, we also live with the Holy Spirit in us, as we've sung about this morning. But we also get to look at the life of Jesus and see the ultimate follower. And of course, we know that Jesus was an incredible leader, don't we? In fact, I think he reframed leadership by showing us what it looks like to lead with compassion and love and authenticity, being humble and honest and valuing everybody. But he also knew how to follow God. He knew how to live his life relying on God and listening to his voice. In John 5 verse 9 it says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. And this is what it means to follow God wholeheartedly. Jesus lived with total dependence on God. He lived his life doing what he saw his father do and valuing what his father valued, pursuing what his father pursued. So Jesus is both God and man, And he is teaching us through his humanity here what it looks like to live a life relying on God and following his lead instead of just relying on ourselves. 
He is showing us how to live in surrender and humility. And if even Jesus, the Son of God, needed to do this, needed to live his life following God and relying on him, how much more do we? A lot more. So one of the main ways that Jesus shows us how to stay aligned with God and follow him, follow his lead, is through prayer. Jesus prioritized prayer. And we can see throughout the whole Gospels that prayer was incredibly important to Jesus. He often withdrew in solitude to pray, often very early in the morning. Who knows, that would be a struggle for some of us, especially in winter. But he valued that time where he could be alone in prayer with his Father, listening and speaking and seeking after God. He made it a priority, and we need to do the same. And I know it's really easy to stand up here and say, oh, yes, we need to pray, and we all know that, but we're busy people. That's the reality of our lives. We have a lot on our plate. But prayer is so important because it keeps us aligned with God. It keeps us aligned with his heart for us, his heart for others, and his heart for this world. When we pray, we're taking the focus off of our own situation, and we're giving our attention back to God, asking for his provision, his presence, his intervention in our lives. And alongside prayer, Jesus shows us another important aspect of following God, which is pursuing our purpose. And Jesus tells us pretty clearly in John 12, verse 27 to 28, what his purpose was. He is speaking of his impending death on the cross, and he says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. And what a powerful passage of scripture this is, where we see a battle going on between flesh and spirit. His humanity is quite understandably feeling uneasy. Jesus says his soul is troubled, but yet he pursued his purpose to die on the cross for us, for you and for me, to be humiliated and crucified for you and for me, so that we could know the freedom of being under grace rather than under the law, so that we could experience the reality of living in his love every single day of our lives, so that we could experience the freedom that comes from knowing a relationship with our Father. Jesus pursued his purpose. He pursued it despite the pain that it caused him. He carried his conviction to completion on the cross. And as God's followers, we can learn what it looks like from Jesus to pursue our own purpose. Because we don't just see this in that one moment, but throughout Jesus' life, he was committed to his purpose. He was always looking to seek and save the lost. So we need to allow our purpose to permeate our lives to dictate our decisions, our schedule, our priorities, and live in a place where we are looking to God to determine the path that we are on. And can I encourage you this morning, if you feel like you are lacking purpose, I firmly wholeheartedly believe that there is a purpose on your life for each and every single one of us. And if you haven't figured that out yet, that's okay. Sometimes it can take time. 
But even if you feel like you don't have a specific purpose and call of God on your life, Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, we know it well, we say it a lot here, says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And the promise, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So even if, even if you feel like you have no other purpose in life, hold on to that. So we can learn so much from the way that Jesus followed God while he was here on earth with humility, dependence, and faith. And I am thankful, aren't you, that Jesus followed God's plan to completion. And as I look back at my own life, I can see that God's plan has never let me down either. Even in the times where I didn't understand what was happening or what was going on, I can see the reality that God has never let me down. We are better off when we follow him and his leadership. We find more joy, we find more freedom, we find more peace. It is always better than following our own plan. And I think we can convince ourselves that we somehow lose out when we decide to follow God with everything we have. We feel a loss of control. We feel that sense of vulnerability of not knowing what is around the corner. But guess what? We don't know what is around the corner anyway. We like to think that we can be in control. We want to secure for ourselves comfort and joy in our future. I know I do. But God is the one that holds our futures within his hands. He knows what is around the corner, and he has promised to be with us through it all. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So we can make plans, and we do make plans. We make them all the time. But when it comes to our purpose in life, when it comes to our deep purpose as human beings, God is asking us to follow his lead, to hold out our hand and say, yes, you can be the leader. Yes, you can guide me through good times and bad, victories and struggles, comfort and pain. But it's not easy for us to surrender. Surrender is not a comfortable word and it is not a comfortable act. Surrender exposes our hearts. And to surrender is an act of faith that says we are choosing to believe with our whole heart and acknowledge with our whole lives that God has won the victory. On the battlefield, surrendering is to yield to another power or control. It is to stop resisting or stop fighting and submit to an authority. Surrender on the battlefield generally means a loss. It means you've assessed the situation and you have come to the conclusion that you are not on the winning side. But as followers of Christ, when we surrender, we, when we yield our power or our control over to God, when, when we stop resisting and come under his authority, we can know that this is our victory too. We do not lose when we surrender because we are on the winning side. Jesus won this victory for us through his death on the cross. So if he is for us, not against us, we get to share in this victory that he has given us. We can put our trust back in God, the ultimate leader that we could ever follow. 
Romans 6 verse 11 to 14 shows us what it looks like to be under the leadership of God through accepting the salvation that Jesus brought for us on the cross. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness because you are under grace. And church, this is why we can surrender. This is why we can trust wholeheartedly that God is worth following because he was the one that brought us from death to life. He saved our souls when he died that death on the cross for us. We couldn't do that. We couldn't save ourselves. Trust me, I try to save myself all the time. It never works out very well. So he saved us. But he didn't stop there. He didn't just save us. He didn't just redeem us, even though those were acts of indescribable, undeserved mercy. He then asks us to offer ourselves back to him as a living sacrifice, to be under his leadership and to be under his care. How incredible is that? Think about that for a moment. The God of the universe wants to lead you. He wants to lead you. He wants to be involved in your life. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he's not just leaving you there on your own. He wants to lead you down that path that he has for you. He wants to hold your hand. He wants to be close to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to show you his grace and his love. And there's more. He wants to use you as an instrument of righteousness. Through relationship with Jesus, God has changed our status to righteous. The Bible says that when we accept Jesus, we become a new creation and we are the righteousness, righteousness of God. But God wants our righteousness to go beyond just our status. And it's great that we are now righteous. We are no longer condemned because of our sin, past, present, future. But that verse back in Romans 6, verse 13 says, to offer every part of ourselves to God as an instrument of righteousness. What is that telling us? It's telling us that we are not meant to just sit in a cozy little bubble of righteousness, knowing that we are fine, that our eternity is secured, that things are all good for us. No, we are to offer up everything that we have, every part of our lives to be used by God as an instrument for his glory to be his hands and feet, to show people the love and the acceptance that we have experienced in our own lives, to show compassion, to teach, to disciple, to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to point people to him always. Worship team, could you guys come and join me again this morning? I started today with that story of Isla 
holding her hand, marching through the car park with that fierce independence. And I don't know if you can see a little bit of yourself in that image this morning. I know I can. We so desperately want to know that things are going to be okay, don't we? And I think especially in this world that we live in at the moment, there's always something to be worried about. I know that's been true for me. I've experienced higher levels of worry than I probably ever have in my life. It's probably part of being older as well, I guess, getting older. But I want to remind you today that we have hope in Jesus. And hope is not just a nice, pretty little word that makes us feel better for a few minutes until we go and read another stuff article or we go on Facebook or look at the news, whatever it is that's causing you worry and anxiety. Maybe it's going to the supermarket or the petrol pump. I know that's very anxiety-inducing currently. Hope is not a, a plaster just to put on the hurt and make it feel better for a few minutes. Hope is tangible and hope is real and hope is what we have in our lives because we are followers of Jesus. You have this hope. And I know sometimes it can feel like it's pushed down and buried down by all of the mess and the muck that we find ourselves in at times in this world. But you have that hope. You have that hope. Can I encourage you? Maybe you might need to dig some stuff out of the way this morning, but it is there because we know Jesus and we know what He has done for us and we know who He is. And this hope is the perfect thing to counteract our fear of the unknown, our need for control, our desire to have all of our plans come to pass. Sorry, I lost my place. (laughs) Our futures, our paths, and our lives are in safe hands. And God shows Himself as faithful again and again. So while we may not always understand God's plan, it is being outworked in and through our lives, I know for sure that we can trust in Him. I know for sure that He is good. I know for sure that we can have hope. I know for sure that He is worth following and that He is worth our surrender. I know that we can hold on to hope throughout every season of life, knowing that God is good, knowing that He is with us. And it isn't easy to hand over the reins, but trust that God knows you intimately. He knows you inside and out, and He is with you. He has called you by name. And as Ephesians says, He is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. As we come to the end this morning, church, would you actually stand with me if you're able? I would love to give you an opportunity today to give your life to Jesus. You might have never made a decision to follow Jesus, or maybe you have, but as you've been listening this morning, you know that you are very much walking your own path. You're leading yourself, and you know that it is time to put the power back into Jesus' hands to let Him be your leader.
And I'd love to pray for you. And you don't need to raise your hand or come up the front or anything. This can just be a moment between you and God. This can just be a moment for you to say again in your heart, yes, Lord, I am gonna follow you. Whether that's for the first time, whether it's for the thousandth thousandth time. (laughs) I should have picked a better word, hundredth time. There you go. So church, would you close your eyes and bow your heads and I would love to pray. Dear God, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for my sin and my mistakes. Today, I give my life to you. I turn from my old ways and accept that I am a new creation in you. I accept you as my Lord and my Saviour, and I choose to follow you and your path for my life. Holy Spirit, come and fill me now and help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I'm so happy for you. What an amazing decision. And I know the team here would absolutely love to connect with you. So make sure you come have a chat to Jeremiah or any of the team. Uh, And we'd love to give you a pathway book as well. I think you guys have gotten some out here, eh? Um, Which is a fantastic resource just to help you uh, figure out more about Jesus and the gospel and who he is. And everybody, we're going to sing a song now called Available. I love this song because it's all about surrender. It's all about making ourselves available to the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do. So can I just encourage you, take this moment, take this moment and surrender again to God. Ask Him to show up in your life. And even to what I prayed before I started, that He would answer prayers. Pray with faith again that He would answer the prayers that you have been praying. So let's just open up our hearts and make ourselves available this morning. Thanks, church.